Welcome to another episode of Reformation Roundtable. My name is Joe Stout, and I'm excited to bring to you the audio from the discussion night that took place on March 18th, 2021. Now, Reformation Roundtable is seeking to plant a Reformed church in the Lewis County area of Southwest Washington. We are particularly interested in the Twin Cities of Centralia and Chehalis and the outlying areas from that. And we're looking to plant a distinctly biblical, Christ-centered, reformed church, a church that embraces to all of the corners the sovereignty of God. And we are working very close to our goal. We are getting very close to our goal. Our goal is to have 10 founding member families before we begin um, as a live mission church. And so we have Thursday night discussions to discuss various theological topics. Right now, the last few weeks of our Thursday night discussions have really got into some of the more nuts and bolts of church planting. And so this audio delves into some of those topics. We talk about a pastoral candidate. We talk about finances and how we ought to approach finances as a church. We, of course, talk about bylaws again, and then we finish off the discussion with a good discussion on liturgy and our order of service that happens during our fellowship nights. Now, Reformation Roundtable is going to be the name of the Thursday night discussions because this is the time that we actually gather around a table and we have these discussions, these roundtable discussions. Our Sunday night gatherings, our Sunday night fellowship nights, that is where we actually get together as what will be a mission church. And the name of that church is going to be Christ Covenant Church. We just uh, settled on a name last week. And so the Christ Covenant Church fellowship nights will begin starting this Sunday, um, March 21st. And so we would love to have you come. If you want to join us, we'll be meeting at the Centralia Christian School at 6.30 p.m. And you are invited to be a part of it. If you would like to join us in our mission to plant this Reformed Church in Lewis County, and you want to be one of the founding member families, please get in touch with me. One of the easiest ways to do that is to go to lewiscounty.church. That is our website. There's a contact form. You can reach out to me there. You also can hear past episodes of Reformation Roundtable up to this point, and you can get a lot of information for what is coming up under the events tab. So that's enough for me. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to the audio where we discuss the pastoral candidate, we discuss finances, we discuss our bylaws, and we discuss the order of service. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you join us. Let's get started. Kirby, you want to open this up in prayer? Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you for this time that you've given us that we can uh, meet together and be strengthened in our resolve as a a body that looks to uh, praise you and that we are uh, able to work together tonight and going forward so that we're in uh, congruent thought and hearts and that we are able to um, just overall make sure that uh, we are glorifying your name with our actions and our intents and uh, that we're able to Uh, lay a strong foundation so that our church is able to uh, continue on and and survive and that will be pleasing to you. In your name, amen. 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 Thank you. All right. I got four things that I thought would be good to talk about tonight. Um, The first one was pastoral candidate, Peter, uh, because I know 
everybody got the MDF last week. And yeah, so Pater, uh, pastoral candidate would be good. Um, finances, thought it'd be good to, to knock out some things on the finances. I actually had a chance to talk with um, Hatch earlier in the week and I actually talked to him about uh, three, actually four, the four things that we're going to talk about tonight. Pastoral candidate, then finances, and then I thought we could just kind of briefly go into the bylaws again. I know a lot of people aren't here and we're doing a lot of that electronically, which is fine, but I have some, it's kind of some information I thought would be helpful that Hatch, that Hatch was able to give me. Uh, and then I thought we could just, uh, at the end, um, before 8.30, go through the liturgy, not go through the liturgy, but go through the liturgy from the standpoint of let's, who wants, you know, let's have people, let's have other people do stuff on it, you know, do we want to, how do we want to do it this coming Sunday? And we don't have to do that every week, but I thought that it might be good to have like a time of discussing it, discussing the liturgy again, um, now that we've had three or four under our belt, so. That sound good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Peter, um, I I've got a couple of I've got a couple of these ministerial data forms. If somebody wants 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 to take take a look through one, but um, I had a chance. Do you want one? I had a chance to talk with him yesterday, um, and it was not a. It was I told him, hey, just just to touch base and to, just to make sure he knows that we're here. We're on the map, you know, uh, Yost gave us the int- introduction. Yost is our former pastor. Yost gave us the introduction. I just wanted him to not feel, you know, be left hanging because I know we were, uh, we liked a lot of what we read in here, at least the initial, that was the initial feedback I got was that we liked what we read. So um, based off of that 20 minute conversation I had, uh, he's very well spoken, seems very, like he's got a really good head on his shoulders. Um, and seems very open to the CREC and to, to moving. And um, yeah, it was, we, we really didn't do anything like uh, interview style at all. It was just kind of talk, talking about what's going on in their, in, in their life and whatnot. And, um, so based off of what you guys have read, I'll just open it up to, to, to what you guys think. Because I know, I know you guys have, all, have, all have thoughts on this for sure. Uh, right off the bat, after I read through this, it even dozed off once when I was reading it late at night. Not because it was boring or anything, but sure. just because it was so lengthy. Um, obviously, the young man had, had put a lot of thought into his responses. I think he really did his best to understand the questions. And I think when, when there were areas in which he was um, still kind of working through a couple there's a couple areas in there where he's still working through. He was honest about it, no tap dancing, no right, you know, kind of chucking and jiving or anything like that. So I appreciated his um, him being uh, very deliberate and um, thorough, but also succinct too. Mm-hmm. I think his answers, you know, could, this thing could have been forty pages long. There's a lot of questions. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. This, this gives so much good information, you know. It's very detailed. Facebook stalking does not give you this. <laughs> no. Is, how, has there been any change in the sovereign, the Williams, the Grace Church of Williams? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just get that out of the way. If we, one of the things, my big goal in this is, can, you know, based off of our conversation tonight, are there any reasons why we shouldn't just invite him on? Zoom to join us next Thursday night if you can make it for just to kind of 
meet us at least somewhat electronically. We can ask him questions and whatnot. <coughs> um, that's so. That's kind of my that's my long, my not long term goal, but my week long goal. But um, the only real question, interview wise, I asked him is I said I know people are going to want to know why why the switch? Why are you switching? You know, give us a little bit of the history there. And it it was made a lot of sense. He um, is part of the OPC, and the OPC is different than the CREC in that the denomination plants the church. It's not a local, it's not just like one church that plants it, it's the denomination that does it. Or excuse me, it's not the denomination, it's the presbytery. And his presbytery is California and Arizona. And so the church that is overseeing this Williams church that he's currently over, that, that Pater is, is pastoring, um, he's kind of, I think the term is, has gotten kind of burned by that in the past because they've had some LA, LA church people trying to plant a church in rural Arizona, and it just hasn't been a good mix. And so Charlie is the name of the, the overseeing pastor. He said, hey, Peter, come out here. You have to do an internship anyways, so let's do a year-long internship planting a church. And essentially what that meant was he was the pastor for, for a year. That's why he said it was such an intense internship, because he was doing – usually he said you work alongside somebody who has experience, and they kind of show you the ropes as it goes. And he was kind of tossed in the deep end. So, so he finished his internship right as COVID began. And so the denomination was the one that was going to be funding this church. And if they were going to give him the, the church to become ordained in, it would be for a five-year commitment. And they didn't have five, five years worth of funds that they could, that they could um, uh, put towards that. So they've been renewing his internship in six-month increments. And, they, and I think he's finishing up his third six-month increment that they've been. And so he says, I finish in July, and, I've, and I, I think I'm getting this right. I think, I think what he said was that I told them I can't do another six-month internship. I either need the fuller nation because my family needs something a little bit more stable, or I need to go find, find something else. So I, and he's, I don't think he's super confident that, that, that they're going to have the funds necessary to do this. And the... The funds deficit is a function is because of the COVID. Because COVID. Because OPC is pretty solid. I mean, they're. Yeah. Well, he we didn't go into any more details other than that. I mean, just as an established. Yeah. Uh, right. Organization. Right. I don't know how any of that funding stuff works. Those are great questions to ask him. But it sounded like he just he was being promised this ordination, and because of funds, he wasn't being given it. And so he was just giving these six month internships. And it sounds he didn't talk about living arrangements or any of the things that Yost kind of me in on, on like some tough living arrangements so he, he sounded great he didn't sound bitter in the slightest he was just saying you know this is this is tough and and if we need I don't think I can do another six months stand what's the size of the church I didn't ask him I think it's very small I, I think it's very very small six members yeah exactly that would be his family <laughs> <laughs> well family right so you know I, I know you told me this stuff yesterday and, uh, but I did never understand, and I didn't understand it way you explained tonight, too. So this Charlie guy, yes. why did he vanish so quick? No, he didn't vanish. Um, I think that uh, uh, what Peter was saying was that usually in an internship, you work alongside a pastor, and that Charlie put him in charge of this church plant. And he said he, he helped him. He kind of gave him vision, and kind of, but, he, but he, he was all, he, most of it he was working on his own in this church plant. Because Charlie was was pastoring his own church. 
So instead, so instead of having him on board at his church, he was like, hey, we're going to do this church plant. Yeah. That, that's the way I understood it. So if we get him on there and it's somewhat different, it's just because I misunderstood it. So. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it could, if, if your internship is, if you're looking for experience in an internship, that does sound kind of tough. Yeah. But, he, but once again, yeah. have pastor your own church. Yeah. yeah. We'll it's call right. it an internship and pay you minimal. Right. Yeah. Well, when I say interesting, hear whatever you want to hear. It. Yeah, right. It's very interesting. Yeah, he, and, and he was not in the slightest, like, he didn't sound yeah. like he was complaining about it at all, other than, you know, it, it wasn't the internship he was expecting. COVID has created a lot of things that are unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it seems like a tough situation. Right. But it, a lot of his, uh, I guess, pursuing something else then would really be predicated on whether or not they offer him yeah. an ordination. Or, or if he gets an offer somewhere else. Yeah. If he was to get an offer somewhere else, that sounded like in, in the other, his organization couldn't give him like a counteroffer or something that I would think I would think it would make his make up his mind within Joe's time. How, how many kids has he got? Three? Three. Yep, three, three boys. Five, three, and one. I think I think it'd be interesting. I mean it's mm. it's very pragmatic, but just kind of trying to figure out, you know, what from our end, what what is reasonable compensation for a family of five? Mm-hmm in a state that has, um, you know, relative to Arizona, that has a much higher cost of living, and even just trying to find reasonable housing around here. I mean, shoot, Napa Vine rentals for an 1,800 square foot home are like 2,200 bucks a month, really? you know? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, rental, rentals, are, rentals are hard. And so, mm. you know, you're asking a pastor to come up here and right. that, that was something that was kind of on, on my mind too. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wholesale ready to, you know, ready to give and help, but you know, right. there's just trying to figure out like, okay, how, how are we going to make this logistically work? Obviously his living circumstances right now don't sound all that hot, right? But, you know, I mean, what's the deal? He doesn't have. Yost had said in an email there that, that it was like no electricity or running water. Uh huh. So, but once again, he didn't, he didn't say anything about that. We get, if we, if we decide to, uh, to give him an interview, we could definitely talk to him about that. But yeah, that, that yeah. doesn't that doesn't sound reasonable for any long term amount of time. Right. Yeah. I would hope that what if that was the situation? It wasn't like that for very long. Right. Yeah. And how do we feel um, about OPC uh, compared to CRC? EC. Yeah. Right. I can't ever remember these things. <laughs> do Do any of you? I have a little bit of background with the OPC. Not a lot, but do any of you guys? I, I, I listened. Um, you know, Ken and Musi. I, I listen to some of these guys. They're pretty solid. Okay. Yeah. OPC is very, no, very PCA is the, the ones that yeah, play PCA. PCA has got some internal stuff that they're working through. There's some okay. really solid PCA ones, and yeah. then there's some then there's problematic some ones. Uh, PCUSA. PCUSA PC is, yeah, is a lost cause. Yeah, they, they <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's Presbyterian. That's that's the Church. main the main dying Presbyterian Church in America uh, of the United States of America. PCUSA. So PCA. PCA is PCA has got some really solid churches. But they, but as a denomination, they're they're working through some of that. Stuff. What denomination are you? PCUSA. PC. Oh, PCUSA. Okay. But Ron, Ron, you said that um, in your 
at your church, most of your church would probably like to not be a part of PCUSA if, if it was an option? Four or five years ago, we went through, when they, when they approved homosexuals, yeah. we would have withdrawn at that time, but the, the Presbytery holds our mortgage. Right. We couldn't. Right. You'd have to leave and find a new place. Yeah, we'd, yeah. we'd have to refinance the, the property, which might be possible, I don't know. Right. Um, in order to be able to leave to beat USA, though. Right. Gotcha. There must have been some vigorous conversation. Yeah, OPC is really solid. They're very yeah, conservative. Yeah. They are, they're not. I gathered from his responses that yeah. they mm -hmm. seem solid. I mean, there was enough that you could glean from his responses to the questions that yep. I was, you know, felt fairly encouraged right either that or he was tremendously countercultural. <laughs> yeah. so i don't know the inner workings of the opc but there was some very detailed questions and very right. detailed responses and i thought wow that seems pretty solid yeah. so that was my impression at the same time though not i, I don't want to accuse this guy of anything but this is this essentially is a resume uh yeah uh, job application yep. for the crc yep so you can fill anything out that you want a job application it's that's why you don't just get hired off of an app. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And what are you in, Luke? What am I in? What no, was yeah, he? No, what where, was where he? Were you in? I'm sorry. C, yeah. He was in the CRC. We were yeah, CRC. CRC. That's the Olympia Church that we yeah, were in. Right, right. That's the Christian Reformed Church. That's a little different than CREC. It's a little different. That's a lot different than the CREC. Yeah, a lot. A lot different. Because the, okay. the main mainline CREC has kind of gone gone woke as well in a lot of areas. Not all churches are like that, mm -hmm. but but many of them are. And there's there's a couple different CREC. There's there's CREC and then there's or sorry there's CRC and then there's RCA, which is Reformed Churches of America. And there's many more of those back in its Midwest roots that are more conservative than the CRC. So you're saying CRC went woke mainline. <laughs> Yes, not, yeah. yeah, not CREC. It's like, why, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. There's so like too many acronyms. What happened to CRC? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the mainline denomination. So OCRC is the Olympia Christian Reformed Church. But the mainline denomination is the CRC, which is the Christian Reformed Church. Well, <laughs> yeah. And as, as a whole, the Olympia Church was, was pretty good. Asleep was pretty good yeah. <laughs> but they're they're starting to they're, they're starting to lean towards some of the mainline tendencies and not you know and they they offer up freely offer up the the, the denominations newsletters and opinions and articles in the church area for anyone which endorse homosexual homosexuals in the in the pulpit and talk about arguing for that in certain areas and talk about women pastors and women leaders and all this other stuff, which hadn't really breached our church until just a couple of years ago. Right. And that's when they really the door opened and hasn't fully come to fruition, I don't believe yet, but it's right. like, oh. Could at any moment. Okay. <laughs> they opened the door. Right. Here we go. You can see the writing on the wall. So Yeah. The other question that I had too uh, regarding um, you know, pastoral candidate 
um, when we get to the point where we're dealing with interviewing, I know that there is a there's an urgency and a desire to make this thing happen soon. Are we okay with just interviewing a single candidate, or right. do we want to try and bring in at least a couple to 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 have a measuring stick of some kind? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't really have an opinion either way on it. I could see it kind of both ways. It's like God goes here, you know. <laughs> What more do you want? I gave you, gave you somebody who's, you know. He's ready in July? Yeah, he's ready in July and ready to go and excited about what we do. Like, do yeah. we do we need to interview somebody else or, you know, to, hey, I don't know. I'm kind of. You know, you haven't, there hasn't been any advertisement at all. Any, mm -hmm. any kind of job, uh, right. job posting or anything. Right. This. So, um, <clears throat> You know, you said you guys are kind of. You said you're kind of getting in a, an urgency mode, and and I would just, for, for what it's worth, as mm -hmm. an old man, uh, I would caution against getting too urgent because yeah. then, because you guys, y'all have been doing this so well, as far as how deliberate and how thorough and how foundational and, and kind of layering and building to kind of just start making a mad dash because you can kind of see the finish line, I would just issue some caution there as all to not get overly, sometimes, sometimes we can run out in front of the Lord, I mm -hmm. think, because we, you know, we, we want it so bad and we can just, just take off and the Lord, you know, the, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside, wants us yeah. alongside of him. So I just, I just say that as a, as a comment and as a friend. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Thanks, Les. Uh, so Anne is going to retire from the Christian school as a principal. So she'll be available to pastor. Indicated interest. No. So um, the, the, what she uh, what they're doing is they have like three candidates. One of them is in house, and uh, her. Okay. Okay. It's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what her name. Is. <laughs> but, oh, great! You just narrowed it down. Yeah, that's right. There's all women there. <laughs> I thought there's one guy. There's one. Yeah. Well, there's 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 a there's a there's while. Yeah. It was a while. Yeah. 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 No. Um, so, in, in, in a nutshell, what I wanted to say, though, I, which will be just as revelatory as what I've said so far. Um, uh, what, what do we think about, I mean, so Peter, is that right? Peter? Yes, Peter. Yeah, Peter, uh, good, and, and nothing cautionary about me with him and stuff like that as far as talking. Uh, but I'm not anxious. Uh, yeah. No big deal, Andrew, uh, about that. I mean, I'm, I hear what you're saying. But I'm not either. He, we were just—he's he's he, just being cautionary. I'm, I'm being cautionary. He was not, he, Is that what the word was? No, he was not saying that yeah. they that were just to hire quick. There no. was there was a urgency to get the bylaws oh, like yeah. through, and right. that same degree of urgency I would not want expressed in selecting a pastor who we are anticipating putting in down roots rather right. than weighing anchor. Yep. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. That helped me out. But what I was thinking is, what do we think about just tossing an idea out 
and it could be settled here in about three seconds of an in-house operation that we might think of somebody. When you say in-house, what do you mean by that? I was thinking of less. Oh, like ask, like call somebody amongst yeah, ourselves. Let's talk with a guy huh? like Les. I mean, uh, uh, I, I understand you can just say, hey, Frank, come on, I want to stay married. <laughs> and that's fine. But, but uh, you know, I don't think we'd be talking about Luke. He's got a full-time job and uh, stuff. And anyways, you're, you're you just, I just thought I should throw that out there. Something to oh, about. you were using me as an example. No, I wouldn't oh. use you as an example. I'm saying that from just... A thought process, that was that's all. completely off the top of his head. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I know what you mean. It. I've thought about it before. Sure. But uh, here we are. Why not talk about it? Unless, you know, you could say get lost, and that would take yep. care of that. Or he could say, I accept. And then we're like, okay, well. well no, uh, I, would, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that, but what I would say is, based on my understanding with CREC, I don't qualify. You know what I mean? Because they, they talk about being ordained and, and having some kind of degree or going to the Gray Friar thing or what you know, I don't have any. I'm a, I'm a lay person right now. Well, so that's that's what yeah. I would say. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean I'm I'm not actually totally sure about calling calling somebody, you know, calling a fisherman to, to, to be a pastor like that. Uh, that that might it might work. I mean I obviously if you are pastoring to church right now and you're, you know, a little independent Baptist church and you get convicted on reformed theology and you guys want to become CREC, they're not going to make you go back to seminary if you've never had that before. If you've been faithfully pastoring a church, I think that that, that that would not be the case. If it's somebody who's never pastored before like Les or me or Luke or any of us sitting around here, um, you know, that's a question for Hatch. I mean, that's a question for the session who's planting this church because that's those. it's not like they're going to pick the pastor for us they're not going to pick the pastor but um, if we pick some somebody that that they aren't comfortable with they're the ones that are ultimately have the authority to you know pull rank if it's like if you pick somebody that's like you know some Benny Hinn type character or, or, or somebody that, that might be that might be a fine person but doesn't quite have the experience you know um, so I, I that, that. I, I come real cheap. Yeah, exactly. Real cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's not done yet. Did, did well, we have any other thoughts on Pater, though? Before we move on to finances. All the stuff that I saw in there, I think I, there was nothing that I looked at that I was like, wow, this is really questionable at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, to pose it into a positive. It seems like, it seems like he's a very good candidate based on what I'm reading here and based yeah. on the consistency that I see with the way that the CREC is structured. I don't think he's making some dramatic leap from assembly of God into mm. this. This is a, this is a lateral move of, uh, in, in many ways, I right. think if the, if what he's written there is, is what yeah. is actually on his heart too. Yeah. So Ron, what did you think? I liked his resume. I think he'd make a good candidate, but I'd really like to see two or three other resumes. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'd like to see them like that too. Yeah. Like, I, I well, think this is the CREC does this. So, so how, that's, I was I was going to ask about that because I was, I'm not even sure how that happens. Like, how did he? How did Yo, he Yost, know? Yost told him about it. Okay. And Yost said, "Hey, I know I know things are kind of rough in the church plant. Okay. And why don't you fill this thing out? And if something comes up, you'll have it ready to to send to them. Or, or, or it may have been, hey, I know a place up in the Pacific Northwest that's planted a church." Fill this out and send it up to him, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm not sure which one it was, but he got this from Yost. His connection with the CREC is Yost. Does, um, does that go to the, I mean, does that go to the, the denomination as a whole as far as into the bank of, hey, here's a guy that's looking for something? Yeah, good point. Are we competing with other churches possibly? Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know. That's what I was wondering. Yes. There might be an area, the the, there might be an area of much greater need. Like, hey, we've got 150 right. people here and we lost our pastor. Right. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I was insured. Those types of situations, they're going to go just the opposite of us and they're going to be going, gosh, I don't know if it's Right. Yeah. So it is a right. There, there might be some people. If I can get a copy of that blank, there might be some people. I might just email it and slip it into their inbox. Yeah. Right. I don't. They're yeah. They're, gotcha. past, they're pastoring currently, but there's some. There's a couple of guys that have hmm. been on my heart. I'm like, man. Right. And then you mentioned one. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Might be a, another possibility and hmm. it sounds like maybe he'd be worth at least asking the question yeah right yeah. Uh, I, I, I suspect it'll be no because I think that is I think he's probably slated to move from associate pastor to head pastor in about mm. two or three years gotcha. the spot that he's at right so unless there's some and on top of it the uh, EV free is their denomination I don't want to call it like I don't want to call it like completely unscripted, but you can kind of fall into a reformed camp or not reformed right. camp, and they happen to be, and so it's everything that's happening at that church is very much in line with uh, most of what we have here. There are a couple yeah. of things that. Right. Kirby, what do you think of it? Um, I don't have any strong issues against it. Yeah. Um, Probably the, the first thing that like makes me kind of like raise an eyebrow is the, the age. But mm -hmm. That's just a personal thing. Sure. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> the, yeah, the guy that I'm thinking about, he's I think he's 29. <laughs> but yeah. seriously, like his like, he is he's a wise guy. A wise guy. He's a wise guy. The, uh, yeah, so the age, the age is on there. The one thing, and, and I think I said this last week, is that Yost, when he gave the recommendation, rec he said he's young, but he said his age is, his maturity level is beyond his years. Um, now, it's just one guy's opinion, but, but he's the only one of all of us who knows him. And so, so he did acknowledge the, the youngness, but also the, the fact that, it's, uh, that he's compensating for that by, by having a greater maturity than... Most maybe twenty nine year olds. Did you have any other any other reason any reason Kirby why we wouldn't want to see if we can get them on the Zoom a Zoom call? No. Okay. Luke, how about you? I think it would be I think it'd be a good idea to establish some contact. Yeah. Um, especially if we think he's a good candidate. I think he's a good candidate. I yeah. I agree with uh, 
with Ronan, that it'd be nice, be nice to explore a few more. I mean, right. this just kind of came up, right? It yeah. just fell on our lap. Yep. So that's yeah. great. It'd be great to at least explore. Yeah. At least explore it a little bit more. Yep. In the next in the next couple of months, you know, we'll, we'll yep. get more serious about that. Well, in, in with him, it's not like he's saying, "Hey, can I come now?" He's saying, yeah, "I've got." Yeah, he's not I've available got, now, anyways. Right. He's got a few months, and so we've got time to to establish contact, get him to recognize, you know, see us and meet us and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of feel the same way. I think, feel like, I feel like it's a, of all the applications I've reviewed so far, it's the strongest one I've read. So. <laughs> Confidence is high. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, but it does, it does, I, I, I read the whole thing in, in one sitting late at night too because I, because I thought, those, man, these questions are awesome. Well, I, I just can't help but think, how many how many guys are there like that right that are out there looking for a pastorate position because yeah. we are in a minority for sure yeah in pastorate type positions mm -hmm. right like what we're looking for in the CREC as a whole is in a minority yeah. in those type of things you know you're not going to just find yeah. some guy from Fuller Seminary who wants to walk in and do this so yeah, that, that, that's kind of my, my thought progress right. Something, something you might want to ask, Catch, is um, can we, with it blacked out, maybe or not having the cover sheet, have some responses back that of of called pastors, mm. like to sort of make yeah, like a, a like as a written, reference, like as a reference yeah. point of like, hey, okay, this is somebody who's faithfully been pastoring in a CREC church. These are the kinds of responses right. that they they gave. I mean, I'm, I'm, I I feel confident that they're going to be pretty much in line with this. But yeah. I would just be, I guess I would just be curious if there's any way that we can get some sort of anonymity if they right know, yeah or, or, if they don't, or if they don't mind you know sharing it like oh here no yeah feel free take a look at my resume so that way we have yeah I'll I'll write that down to ask you as well something to yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would like to I would like to see that if possible. If not, it's not a huge deal. I mean, you know, yeah, we can make a comparative analysis mm -hmm. if we do happen to get people. But I do agree. Uh, Luke, that was the other reason why I was like, kind of like, do we need like multiple candidates because we are kind of in a more of a niche. I, I think regardless, we need multiple candidates. Yeah. yeah, but it might take a little bit longer though to get those candidates, or it might very clearly narrow in to someone yeah. you know if, if <laughs> like two out of the three are kind of like yeah no i don't care about that you know yeah i am unclear on what covenant theology is right? <laughs> yeah. okay all right, right. Your sure. the other thing too, um, you know we may not be the only ones who are quote unquote vying for him so mm -hmm. you know if you kind of throw all your eggs in a basket and he he has he has the national or someplace yeah then you're right. kind of like yeah. boom so yeah, having more multiple is good. Is, I, I think we're all in agreement. Yeah. We need to to look for multiple. And, yeah. and, and if I might offer another suggestion, um, I uh, I've been a boss for many. I, I was a boss for many years, and I've hired so many people and interviewed. Um, if you zoom the if you zoom in next week, let's say I think uh, somebody is the coordinator of it so that the questions are at the right level. Mm -hmm. In other words, you're not really mining deep that you would on an actual formal job interview, but rather this is kind of an acquaintance thing, so these are the kind of right. questions and level of questions that we would want to 
ask him so that it's not chaotic and not kind of random. Yeah. Just uh, hit and miss. Uh, think about how you maybe want want the conversation to progress from the first Zoom to maybe the second one. Right. You know, now now we're going to kind of get into more of the theology and the doctrine. First one is light and kind of short. Just yeah. a suggestion. Yeah, that, I think no, I think it's just that it's coordinated and it and it's not a lot of you know around staring at each other. And yeah. That that somebody's designated as kind of the guy who's going to facilitate right. it at our end. Yep. That's a good idea. We could organize, we could organize it. Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin. Marshfield. The cheese in it probably. Yeah. I mean, we could probably get that kind of stuff like you're talking about. We could probably get those sorts of things if somebody had, you know people in the group here had burning questions we could get those Absolutely. into into an email format and then we could have it organized yeah you know so that way it it does it does feel yeah. like it's a little bit more might, this thing is so thorough that you know uh, right it's kind of like get a mind for jump in the deep end, like yeah said. well yeah it's like what's the point in going light when we already have that uh, <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> right no what are you reading I, it's a lot of yeah it's a lot of information there so yeah, yeah. what were you going somewhere with the uh, where he's where you came from? Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of people like to hang around. Oh, yeah, like like he might want to work his way back mm -hmm. towards Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? Yeah. You know, they got kids. Yeah. Grandparents. Families over there. Right. The climate is also a little different up here than it is in Arizona. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. We'd have to, like, warn him about that. Like, you okay with rain? <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, anything else on the, on our pastoral candidate that we should talk about before we move on to finances? Um, Peter and Hatch are going to talk next week, um, so I'm not I'm not going to be in on that call. It's just going to be Hatch, just chatting with him. At when Hatch responded to Yost that man his his uh, his MDF looks very interesting. I'd love to hear. I'd love to talk with him more. So, that word. <laughs> yeah, very peculiar. No, he didn't say that. No, I you know everybody, I think everybody's trying to play their cards close to the vest and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, he. He was, um, he's going to be talking with him about that. But um, I also had a chance to talk with him about uh, finances. And um, <clears throat> and he, he actually was the one that brought it up, even though it was on my list to talk with him about it. And it was because of the 501c3 stuff mm -hmm. that's going around, um, which Dean's been kind of, kind of pushing. And the way they've just gone through the process here in the last few years, and he said that, that the way... He understands it, and so he's not the final authority on this, of course. But the way he understands it is that the moment you start as a church, you're a 501c3. Not, not, uh, you're not 501c3 in that you're a registered 501c3, but the, but you're a nonprofit as soon as you start because churches are by default nonprofit. <coughs> um, uh, but he did say that um, that if you want to have the IRS recognize you as a nonprofit. Um, like officially, then you get, then you go out and you get your 501c3 status, your your actual status, which um, only has the only thing it has to do with is tax exempt status. But he said, this was the part that was interesting. He said it's it's tax exempt status per situation. So he said like if your church was to host like a Republican rally and he said hey vote for vote for Schwartz, and he said any any giving that people did during that rally or that political environment would not be tax deductible but then the next day when you go back to your regular lord's day worship everything would be 
tax deductible again. That's the way their lawyer has explained this to them. Um, and so he, his, his take was that um, we don't need to worry about the 501c3 doing anything with it right now, um, but that if we do want to do something with it in the future, it's not, that's not how we get our tax exempt status. It's already there. Um, and the, so has, it, has anybody heard that before? Heard that? Yeah. So the, so the thing that I, because I was watching some of the stuff that Dean had sent, yeah. and it's provocative. Right. Uh, uh, and I think that um, um, one of the things that I have not been able to find, and I grant you, I only spent like 20, 25 minutes Google searching it, trying to get it, is I can't find where the actual code is. Mm. Like, I can find tons of stuff explaining how to get 501c3 exempt. I can find yeah. I can find explanations of what it is, but I actually want to see what the actual code says because right. a lot of the stuff that's being uh, that's being declared in these videos only makes sense if you fund if you, if I actually fundamentally like read through mm. what's there, and right. I can't I can't seem to find it. And yeah. I, I asked Dean, and he said that he wasn't you know he isn't able to find a link to it. So yeah, I feel like a lot of this conversation. So first. I did under, I, as I was reading about it, I did understand churches are already tax exempt. Right. So you don't have to worry about, uh, worry about it from that perspective. Right. It's more or less, if you want to be, if you want your giving to be tax deductible, then it needs to be acknowledged by the IRS, which I don't think that that's something that I'm, I'm not particularly worried about that. Yeah. That's on personal. I, some yeah. people might feel different. I don't, I don't care though on my, on my giving stuff, but more right. or less it's like, there's some pretty, there's some pretty harsh words said in some of these videos that I go, okay, um, where's the source material? Mm. And nobody's giving the source material, and I feel like we're just talking around it until I read the source material. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that the, I think we should definitely continue to explore the five hundred one c three, you know, discussion. Discussion. Yeah. I just don't think it needs to be a part of our bylaws no. right now. And I think if if we're all kind of good with that. Um, and and it's a, it's a really good conversation to have because it's kind of like I don't know if you guys ever interact with any of the people that say you shouldn't get your kids social security numbers because if you do then CPS has control over them and you know then they come under the jurisdiction of anyways I I remember that when I was first having kids people kind of making that case and there might there there may be some validity to that I don't know all my kids have social security numbers and it's you know whether or not it was the right move or the wrong move, it hasn't really had any effect one way or the other, you know, at, th at this point in the game. So I think the 501c3 in a lot of ways is similar to that in that I, I doubt there's very many people who are, who are faithfully pastoring their churches who are thinking, oh, can't say that because I'm 501c3. You know, it's, I, I would think, I could be wrong, but I would think a lot of pastors who are faithfully doing this, they don't care about the 501c3 status. They might be... They might be registered 501c3, or they might not be. That's not changing how they're preaching. Some of, but on some of them it has. Has it? Oh yeah, absolutely. They've 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 avoided any kind of hot buttons. Oh yeah, yeah, on some of the yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm just talking about the faithful. Yeah, you know. I hate speech. Yeah. Right. So, uh, to to be to be deemed a church, do you have to incorporate those? No, and so that was that was kind of going into the next the next part of things, which was the money. You know, like people want to give and he was saying that there's no reason why you can't I mean he's, he said 
he would not recommend we start giving right now to like our own coffers because we're not a church yet and so we're not tax exempt so anything we give is not going to be tax exempt he said now if your people don't care about that then yeah have at it open a bank account and, and start start collecting funds that's there's nothing wrong at all with that um, he, also, he also gave a little bit of um, uh, logistics of how they do it at Trinity he says only one deacon None of the elders and only one deacon knows who gives what. Um, he said, that's totally, your church can set it up however you want. He's like, that's how we do it. I, none of my, neither me nor my elders know who's given what. Only one deacon does. He said other elders are the opposite. They want to know because they want to be shepherding that part of people's lives. Um, but he said that um, until we become a church, uh, we, we won't be able to have them be tax deductible. So we'll have to think about that. But he had, he had no logistic problem with us opening a bank account and taking funds next week. So, so I, in the past, I guess I probably would have taken issue with not having my giving tax deductible because it's not, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nonprofit organization. Right. right. And I wanted, would like the benefit sure. of not having the government tax me if I'm going to give to that organization. Absolutely. Um, Any more. I don't know if that really matters as much the way the tax codes are written. Right, you can only take it down a $10,000 deduction max anyway per year. Yeah. And so it's like... So I, I don't know that it matters as much. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm probably okay at yeah. this point, just giving and, and having it be, you know, not quote unquote technically right. deductible. My, what I, where my confusion lies a little bit on this is like, okay, how do you declare yourself a church? Can any four people or you know two two people but two or, or more people, people are gathered together get together and say hey we're a church therefore all of our business dealings are yeah. are, are deemed yep. you know yeah i uh, thought the same thing non-taxable because In how do we <clears throat> conduct business then that, and that's where my questions lied on maybe you know do we need to get do we need to become incorporated and i don't yeah anyway so well, and, and he said that your church, when you get a federal, as far as the government's concerned, your church, once you get your federal tax ID number, when you go to pay somebody. So if you have a pastor or a secretary, you, you have to pay them, you have to do withholdings, all that stuff. And so you get a federal tax ID. So once, regardless, have a once you have a W-2 form going. Yeah, like <laughs> that's, how the, that's how the government sees it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, IRS says organizing documents. So trust document, corporate charter, articles of association, or other written instrument by which the organization is created under state law. Bylaws, employee identification number. Right. So you still have to apply for that EIN. Yeah. So yeah, you get your bylaws. That's why we got to get these bylaws done. Yeah. Bylaws would be done. You'd have your tax ID. And then you probably, I don't know if you'd have articles of association, but, but the reason why they became 501c3 is so that they would stop being an association. They didn't want to be an association. They wanted to be a corporation for just liability reasons. So that if somebody comes into your church, slips and breaks their hip, they're not just going after the person with the deepest pockets because everybody's liable in an association. I, I know, uh, oh, that's, CFS, oh, that's an interesting point. I know for CFW, when um, we would change the signatures, signatures on a, for the checks or whatever, <clears throat> the bank, I think it was Sterling Bank, um, they wanted a copy of the elders or the business, the business meeting minutes mm -hmm. or the elders meeting minutes. Where there was a motion second and passed to that would allow less to you know, sign a check. These would be the signature. Change signers or open a new account. We have to go through that. Yeah, they, they just wanted a copy of it for their record. Right. So I mean, there is a formality involved, obviously. Right. right. This is not. We're not just winging it out there. 
I suppose you could do it all boilerplate with four people. You know, boilerplate is articles of association, incorporation, or article, yeah, bylaws, all that stuff, and uh, yeah. Somebody asked for documents. You say here, here's our articles <laughs> of yeah. association and four church. Okay. So, in terms of um, decisions under the finances, um, do we want to move forward with opening up a local, you know, like a local bank account with uh, some signatories, that kind of thing? How do we feel about that? I, I agree. So this would be a, it would be, it's not something that we're going to give to you and have, you know, non-tax, non, or tax deductible status or anything, but we'd be able to pull the money and we'd be able to use it for whatever we deem necessary yeah. at this point yep. or whatever the signers deem necessary yep. at that point. Yep. <clears throat> and it, in the non-tax deductible status would be very temporary because it would be, you know, a month, two months, three months, whenever we become a church, then, then it becomes tax but can you really do that though without the official IRS designation? Would it be Christ Covenant Church as the account holder then? I think so. Yeah, okay. I think it's the, the, at least it'd be a DBA. Maybe maybe it'd be the DBA. I'm not sure. But yeah, it would. Yes, you can. Without the 501c3, you don't need that um, because that is that's that's something the IRS looks at. I'm, I'm speaking somewhat ignorantly here, but I think that's something that the IRS sees solely as a category of corporation. We're right now, maybe we want to be a corporation right from the get-go. And we have to we have to yeah. slug it out. But <clears throat> but in terms of opening up a bank account, I don't think there's any reason why we can't do that tomorrow if we wanted to do What's it. The DV? You're gonna have to have some kind of authorization from a body that we represent us. I don't know how we can do that tomorrow, right. Before we can Get a little bit more organized. Yes. Okay. No, we don't have elders. We don't have deacons. We don't have. Okay. Lots of things great. That, we need. That, that is a great segue, Ron. Because I'm not going to leave finances, but I need to. I need to jump into bylaws for a minute and under, and and kind of uh, communicate what what Hatch was saying to me about the bylaws. Is that um, he said one thing that might be helpful, and, and he's in no hurry at all. Uh, and so you know, he. But but what what has to happen is that. These have to be Trinity's bylaws. So even though they're opening it up to us for our comment, because Trinity is planting us as a church, whatever changes we give to them, they have to approve. They have to be okay with. So that's also oh, they're doing the addendums. It's no, not no, no, no. They're not. Do, they're not necessarily doing the addendums. If but if we if we give them back, they need to be okay with it. Whatever when when we give them back the addendums, if they say, oh, you. This, this can't be, you know, you guys can't become a charismatic member of the CREC. They're, they're, going, to, they're going to say, you guys have to take this part out. Um, at least they're, they're going to have to, because they're going to be the ones planting us as a church, they have to be behind the bylaws as well. They have to approve it, exactly. And so once they've approved the bylaws, then we have an actual governing document like Ron was talking about. And then they can start interviewing families to be founding those founding member families. They haven't started that process yet because we don't have 10 yet and we don't, but, but they would, they actually would start that if we had the bylaws done. But they can't really interview families without a, without a governing document to say, hey, are you more or less, are, are you willing to submit to these bylaws as written? Um, and then once they do that, they interview the members, that's the really important one. Maybe they also would qualify an elder, maybe two elders. Um, it's not until they do those two things. We've got to approve bylaws. We've got to uh, interview families. And he said the interview process is literally just like 
are you an Apostles' Creed Christian? You don't have to be Reformed. You don't have to be Calvinist. You don't have to be any of those things. But you have to be at least a professing Christian to be a part of, to be a, a member of the church. Um, so once you have, the, once you prove the, uh, once we say we'll submit to the bylaws, then they, they interview the members, qualify elders if, if that's possible, and then we have, then we have our first church service. That's that's the order that it has to go in, um, and so that governing document that you were talking about, Ron, it likely is going to be the bylaws, and then we have to sit under their bylaws for two years because a mission church before they can become their own thing has to be a mission church for two years. Then we have to be so we have to be a mission church for two years, and then we have to be financially solvent, and then we can go off and be our own thing, and then we can change our bylaws pretty much whatever we want um, to what to whatever we want at that point. Um, so, so if, if, let me just make sure that I'm understanding correctly. So with some of our, some of the contentions that have maybe been brought up, when you say that Trinity Church, because we're accepting Trinity Church's bylaws, that they yes. have to uh, approve it. If they approve it, does it literally, are they actually literally modifying their own bylaws too? Yep. Okay. No, it's just, okay. it'd just be ours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's say the normative, the, the discussion that's happening on the normative pattern of worship, you know, with this, the, the cessationism or not cessationism. Right. Let's say we, we get it to a, a slight different uh, explanation that we all like, and they, they decide, okay, we can live with that. Then it doesn't change. But if we, we decide, if, if we say, okay, we can all live with that, and they say, you know what, this fundamentally, we can't, we can't in good conscience shepherd a mission church with this in the bylaws then we're going to have to we're going to have to be okay with them either leaving it as is or coming back to the table and figuring out maybe a compromise there okay. so so there is there is a, a certain amount of submission that's going to that's going to take place at least for a period of time while they are planting us but one of the things that i immediately thought of is that you know, maybe this takes a little bit of the pressure off of us to get these bylaws absolutely right before before we start, because it's like you know, he 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 was very clear that you know these don't have to be your bylaws forever, but as long as we're planting you, you know, Trinity has to be the one establishing the bylaws, and we're willing to listen to any any edits that you guys have. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think the I think the important thing I think the important thing is not so much that I think the ability to. Uh, Amend is very helpful. Yeah. I do think, though, that it's also very helpful to discuss and make sure that we've got all that, all this stuff figured out. Because, like you mentioned, even though we're going to be submitting to them regardless, right? right? So I think that uh, you know we want to make sure that those who have expressed interest in being founding members. Are at least okay with capitulating if we realize that hey they're gonna they're gonna change that right like right. the example is like to me I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too terribly hung up on the word genetically um, I do think it's factually errored but I don't think it's I, I don't think it's to the point where I'm like you know what this is this is absolutely detrimental to sure. the, the to the starting of this church and so with right. that I would I would concede but I would say that hey I would encourage you I think you literally just eliminate that one word and it solves the it solves the issues of factual accuracy so that way we don't get nitpicked by the CRC <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. who's looking at it and going hey no no that's not true like, yeah well, 
Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so no good. But that so that being said, like yeah, I mean there are certain things that I've expressed that I think um, there are molehills, but I think they're molehills that are at least we're talking about right now. Sure. Um, yeah. But if somebody told me like, hey, tomorrow. Two years to tear them down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Set a trap. Right. Yep. Catch exactly. that dang mole. Um, so all that to say, we don't have to do a lot on the bylaws. We don't actually do anything on the bylaws really tonight. Um, but just just keep that in mind as we're as we're kind of finishing up, and and I might even just call Thad up and tell him that directly because I know he's working hard on this too. It just or or at least tell him you know the the you know the ten minutes at this point in the in the podcast. Listen to this because we're talking about the bylaws and all the work you and Andrew are, are putting into these. So um, all all really good work, all really good work. But just we want to we want to make sure that we are remembering that that. Uh, Trinity ultimately is the one that has to has to approve them because we're looking to them for their guidance. We're looking to them for their their wisdom in this because you know we need we need that. And all the stuff that I've read as far as responses, because I've read through everybody who's responded back with stuff. I I would say that these are most people, at least in the way that they're expressing it, are these are secondary or tertiary issues where we right. think that we're kind of more cleaning stuff up to more favorable wording which after two years if we really still feel that way and we found like boy the lack of clarity in this in this section of the bylaws causes uh, members new members who are reading this to constantly ask the same question right. over and over so you guys are cessationist right, right yeah. like if that question keeps coming up over and over again then maybe you do want to have yeah. some clarifying statement but if you live with the bylaws as is yeah don't and and kind of accept that again assuming that assuming that these are mole hills that we're talking about for most yeah. people just in the way that I'm reading them it right. feels like it that you you get past those two years and you're like that, that didn't amount to anything yeah you know um, I was looking at that email this evening, and I wonder about the cessationism and this, 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 that, the spirituality portion of whether that's a molehill. Um, when I when I first started joining you guys oh, over a year ago now, um, you were we were spending Thursday evenings going talking theology and doctrine. We were getting a lesson from R.C. and then we, we were kind of fleshing it out and really just having, having a great conversation. I'm wondering if um, having a specific conversation about cessationism and continuationism, just one, one Thursday evening, at least earmarking a portion of the evening with Thad's here to, mm. to talk that out because, you know, it is, it is a bit important. It is... It is like you said. People come up and go, you know. So are we cessationists? And if I say, I, if I tell someone I'm a cessationist, and, and I am, by the way, I need to be able to tell them why. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to, you know, substantiate it biblically. Right. I, I'm, all I'm saying is, I think when I'm reading that here, there's there's a big portion of that email that talks about that, and it goes more than just cessationism. Mm -hmm. There's some other aspects here that that is expressed. And you know, I know how much we love him and how dear yeah. dear he is, and he's not an island out there. Hmm. There there is some some content in his response and in some of the some of the things he said in the past few meetings 
that may warrant some time yeah. just to be dedicated to it. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah maybe, I, I love maybe that. Very verbose way of saying. No, I I love that because because you know the the molehill analogy is is a great analogy. But that cessationism, continuationism, is obviously not a molehill. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of people die, have died on that hill, and uh, you know they have chosen that hill to die on. And <clears throat> I read through his, I read through it too, and I think that, I think it definitely requires. It, it would. I don't. I don't necessarily know. I'd love to hear what you guys think on this. I don't necessarily know if it needs to hold up the bylaw discussion. If it needs to happen, if that discussion needs to happen before the bylaws go to Trinity or not, um, or if it's just something like, hey, Reformation Roundtable Thursday night discussion, we're going to be talking about cessationism. I think, I think it only needs to hold up the bylaws if we understand that the bylaws are actually saying that the church accepts cessationism as its fundamental position. I don't. What I read in it, and is, and I think in our it, the couple of inputs that I've, I've seen from you, and I think, I think Luke, you also had the same input. Was th that I don't read it as saying we take a hardline stance in our bylaws that this doesn't happen anymore. Right. I think what they're saying is that hey, we just don't view this as the norm. And yeah. as the example that I've had from just ex personal experience, when I was a kid, Assembly of God Church going to it, it was every single Sunday that somebody was speaking in tongues. Yeah. And it was also, and and, and the person was self-interpreting. <laughs> and right. they were they, they were allowing it, and it would happen like clockwork. The choir would get done singing, and then all of a sudden, somebody's gonna start going into this and they you know yeah. needed we'd have to wait for interpretation and then the interpretation would come from the same guy and then he was trying to use scripture to validate right. anyway so the point is is that i i think that i understand why they have it in there because we would recognize that hey if you keep doing this and you're telling me you can't control this that that's actually not fundamentally scriptural right and there's a time, and we're recognizing that there might be a time and place for that. Right. Um, so anyway, I I just think we need to make sure that it's crystal clear that that section is saying is not saying that you it's that your membership is not predicated on believing one way or the other on mm -hmm. this, but understanding it says, that it says that. Yeah. I mean, I, I in fact I highlighted yeah. circles where it is. Like we deny confusing. that a church yeah. must. That's a key word. That word in there kind of makes it. A, a good, to me, a good statement, you know, that we must manifest these these gifts right. as described, right. tongues and prophecy and all that. Yeah. So I think they've got it covered. And and my the only thing I'm saying is is that I think there's there's it, don't it's, don't it's, discount it. Don't don't discount it. No. But don't don't discount people's hesitations. Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, no. What I'm saying is okay. I'm just thinking about that and some of the some of the peripheral things along that go along with that that he indicated here and what he said in the past might warrant uh, us as men in fellowship mm -hmm. just to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, specifically without having the agenda loaded right here. Right. And now we're kind of spending some time on it. That's all I'm saying. There's, I think it's more than just the cessationism. I think yeah. there's... Um, because you know you you have been highlighting that on some evening, Joe. You say, "Listen, this is not we're not wooden. 
We're yeah. not stiff. Yeah. We're not, we know that isn't the intention. We don't want it. That is where we want to be. Right. So I think kind of maybe if I'm understanding that, and I try to listen to him when he talks. Mm -hmm. I think quite delicious. Maybe that we kind of, like I said, yeah. put some meat on the bones. Yeah. Thing. I don't think it's really as much about cessationism as it is yeah. about, you know, our our spiritual attitude yeah. and posture and demeanor. Yep. Thanks, honey. Did you pass out waters to people today? But I don't know. Is that, you see what I'm saying? No, I I, I Kirby, agree. Kirby, you were gonna say something on that. Um, I think she can't have that. We we can't press it. Say that my reading is <laughs> the only reading that anyone could ever have. Because if we have the, the ability to clarify it better, then I think that we should. You know, I read I, I read this passage to Leanna, and I didn't give her any commentary or anything about it. And she goes, "We gotta be cessationists," and Yep. Yeah, that was, and I, the first time I read it, I had it circled and went cessation, cessation. Like, so, you know, we can't just dismiss. The, <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that you point out you point out that it says must though, Les, and I feel, I really feel like that's clear in the yeah. statement. It yeah. just is saying that you must that you. Don't have to do these things. Yeah, yeah. They're not saying that you yes, can't, I can't have that. or that it's excluded from the church. Yeah. To me, must I never took that as part of the statement when I was looking at it because yeah. because of that. Yeah. I yeah. felt like that. Thank you. I've actually thought I'm not sure if I could write that to be more open to either inter to either to kind of be welcoming to either one. Yeah, because it wasn't hard line one way or the other. Exactly. It was just saying you can't. You cannot say that the Holy Spirit's not present because these things aren't happening. And yeah, and, and, and that could be right, that that gets us comfortable so we don't have to wrestle with the, with the idea. Well, yeah, um, that's a good point that I think he made, that we should wrestle with it. Still. Yeah, I, right. I, I, but I don't, think, I don't think any of us feel the need to wrestle with the idea that we must speak in tongues to be a Christian. No. I don't feel a need to wrestle with that at all. And I don't think any of us here do. And so that, to me, that's what the bylaw is protecting against, is like the feeling that you have to wrestle with that. Yeah, um, I, do, I do think it's less to piggyback on what you were saying a little bit. I think it is worth, I think it's worth kind of taking some time on it because it, election, eschatology, and then spiritual gifts. Like it's kind of in that order yep. in terms of what creates schisms or you know and what creates denominations and so having it fairly having that kind of fleshed out and dedicating some time i do think is worthwhile regardless of the regardless of the uh the bylaw yeah. interpretation so i in, in to 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 the work you and dad are doing on this andrew mm -hmm. i i wouldn't be afraid to 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 rewrite some things and and then kind of show it to the rest of us and if we think that the rewrite looks good pass it on to hatch and see what he thinks okay uh, you know he just wanted me to, to know that that whatever we rewrite these two, because he knows we're working hard at this. It's like whatever we rewrite these two, we're going to have to put them before our session, and they're going to have to be approved by our session as well. It, um, is, it is true, though, that we all do believe in five points of Calvinism, right? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I don't Because the Lord's right here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if we could leave behind the bylaws, unless did you. Hard to argue with. Do you, um, did you have anything on the bylaws, Dad, that you wanted to add? I had nothing on the okay. bylaws, except they'll pitch us in this word. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, go ahead, Kirby. Go ahead. Um, Thank you. 
They, they have a statement here, bap, baptismal cooperation agreement. Families who hold either uh, credo-baptist or pedo-baptist views are welcome at training church and will be served by elders. That was a very explicit, <coughs> you know, this and this. Um, I would say that for the cessationism, uh, I could see how you read that as, you know, changing changing these words around. Families who hold credo-baptist views are welcome at training church, while you know the pedo-baptists are is prefer whatever, you know. It's uh, the word must is in there in, in that uh, line for the uh, spiritual gifts. You, is this kind of an inclusion thing? Like we don't feel yeah. like the continuationists are being included in the in that particular bylaw. Yeah, I, I think the I think it, I, you keyed in on something there. The explicitness of credo pedo. I mean that is like even more crystal clear. And I should also note too uh, that I actually tend to because of. And I, I say this not necessarily biblically, but tend to, because of preference and experience, tend to actually lead more toward a cessationist argument. <laughs> so the fact that I'm actually kind of arguing, like, I am, I'm advocating for a position that I don't actually know if I hold or not. <laughs> um, but I do, do. Wait, you advocate for? I'm much more. I I lean more toward being a cessationist. Oh yeah, right, right, right. So that's what uh, I thought. But. But that I think is mainly, I think it's primarily based on my experiences and very negative experiences with charismatic stuff. So, whereas I don't think that that should be the reason that you hold that position, it should be because of the Bible yeah. tells you to yep. hold this position. But yeah. at the same time, at the same time, I do, I do think that what you just said there about baptism, that's super clear. Mm -hmm. I think you could, I think you could rework the wording on that other section a little bit more to make it as clear as that. Without compromising, in you know, in its in its intention. I even wrote a note on my on Thad's email down here. It says the stance is often born out of our experience rather than the Bible, as far as gifts. I mean, I had a guy. I went to an AG church. I got saved in the AG church, and the guy pulled me in the corner and he said, "Do you speak in tongues?" I said, "No, I don't." And he said, "Well, I'm going to teach you out right now." And he started babbling, and I was like. Uh, hold it! I, you know, I'm, I'm brand new. Right. Mm -hmm. I said I thought this was a gift, and you're gonna teach it to me. I said I gotta go home and read my Bible about this. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I wasn't gonna go along for that ride. Right. You know, I'm not gonna do it. So now, yep. anyway, so that was just not a good experience. Yep. It was terrible. <laughs> it was, and it's so right. out of context for what the Bible has to say about it. And, and Paul even says it in this account. We're not going to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it is a good discussion. I, I loved your idea about setting aside a Reformation Roundtable just to discuss it, because even at the end of that hour and a half of just discussing that only, we, <laughs> we won't have solved it. <laughs> but but, but it will, we'll have come to a better understanding of one another on it, for sure. Um, Was it good? <laughs> Do you want one? <laughs> So you've, you've been asked by three of the kids. So. I know. No, I have, a, I have an allergy. I have a food intolerance that's preventing me. Um, on the, this is just a side note. I forgot to write this down before we get to liturgy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to strict orders to finish at 8.30. So we've got 15 minutes. 
On a side note, um, single men are not disqualified from elder. Um, what the and this is the this was this made so much sense. I couldn't believe. What, I mean, it just I'd never heard it before, but it makes so much sense. Hatch said single men are definitely not disqualified from eldership. It's that they're harder to it's harder to qualify them if they're single. So they don't have a wife that they're that they're shepherding, and they don't have children that they're shepherding. And those are two ways in which you can see if a man's being faithful in his in his eldering and shepherding. And so being single just doesn't it gives you like less information for people to 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 sift through is all. Yeah, but if, you, if you're active, there's lots of ways to shepherd. It no, is getting tougher in the 21st century. For no, a he, guy, he, he, no, he wasn't, and he wasn't even saying that it was like a real problem to figure that out. He was yeah. just saying all it does is it takes out two of the requirements, and they can't. If you're evaluating someone, you can't use those two as as requirements. That's all. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm just saying that if you're actively involved in your church, there's a lot you can do that to get yes. guys qualified to do a lot of stuff. Yep, absolutely. Eldership would be one of them. Yep. Okay, last thing we're going to talk about is liturgy. And the biggest thing is I want to get you guys' feedback. We've been on this liturgy now for um, a few weeks, and nothing's obviously set in stone on it. And so two things, uh, any, major, any major changes that we feel like should come about. Um, and n number two, and this is the bigger thing, this is actually something Thad brought up, which I thought was a really good point. He said because we've got everybody involved each week, he says it can sometimes feel a little bit fragmented, like because there's always somebody new going up there. So one of the ideas he had was maybe having a s smaller groups, but various groups from week to week do it. So instead of having you know six different guys taking up different parts, you have three guys this week and then three different guys the following week. Um, obviously, that is only going to come about if people are, are comfortable with doing that. Um, I thought it was a good idea, but... Um, like a team A, team B. Kind of, exactly. Yep, team A, team B kind of thing. Um, and, or, you know, team... Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> I was thinking, no. Now we got who's, varsity. Who's the A team? I'll be on the team C team squad. squad. C squad. Right. right here. <laughs> It would have to be team. It'd have to be team one B and team two A. Well, let's make it easy. Call them starters and scrubs. Yeah, that's right. You're starting to get close to like process. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, the bigger question, though, is what things have people not done that they would like to do, or what things would we, you know, that that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, I know that. Uh, not everybody is, is doing stuff up there, and that's fine. Nobody has to. Um, I guess I'll just leave it at that. What, are, what, what changes do we want for Sunday? Nobody though? has to do anything up there. Right. I think everybody should be encouraged to do something up there. Exactly. If they just don't want to, that's sure. fine. Yeah. I think it would be good to encourage them, because there might be, somebody might be a little recalcitrant just because they're like, ah, I don't know any good at that, or yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. let's get up there and get the prayer that I'll be probably putting a book or something. Well, where'd that come from? Been working on it for years. <laughs> but you know, the thing about that prayer time up there too, whether it's, I don't know, that's confessional or whatever all the titles are for it, it really is nice to have them thought out ahead of time. Mm. And then you don't have to read it, but just you yeah. think what you're going to Yes, exactly. Well, for me, you guys are very gracious to allow me to go up there, and I, I'm very humbled. 
It's because we right. keep holding that hope, Les. Right. Well, <laughs> well, and you firm refer to we. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. We got to keep encouraging that. <laughs> oh, hey, I just wanted to make him a pastor. Yeah. We're on the, we're on the record. I got to be, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, <clears throat> no, I, uh, man, it's a family. And, you know, mm. um, our families encourage us. And they root for us and, you know, all that. So I would encourage anybody. Yeah, Kirby, what are you thinking of the liturgy in general? What do you and what do you and Leanna think about it? Talk about you know. Um, what are we talking about? We talk about our kids. <laughs> and their uh, their struggles. Um, Liz, Liz and I do too. <laughs> talk about hey. our kids. Yeah, talk about your kids. No, our kids. <laughs> um, I I agree with that. Where. I would say it, it does feel a little disjointed, yeah. um, and uh, I, I think it would be beneficial to have a little bit more continuity. Yeah, like you know, we the same person doesn't need to stand the whole time, but um, like I I feel a little awkward when I go up there and and do a reading and then I just go back and sit back down. Yeah, um, you know, right. That's just me. Would you, Kirby, would you feel comfortable doing, like, meditation and the call to worship and, and those kinds of things? Yeah, cool. Awesome. Luke, how about you? You're on the list for pastoring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, um, would, I would be comfortable doing, doing more of, yeah, more of just a prayer, you know, more than just a prayer, I guess. Sure. More yeah. than just one thing. Um, I th- I feel a little bit like with lots of people involved, um, I don't know, there might be a little bit of a feeling of, oh, well, I really need to think this out and make it make it really good and, and lengthy, or <laughs> I don't know, you know. Because it's my one thing. Because it's my one thing. <laughs> right. So when everyone has their one thing, then it tends to just kind of stretch yeah, everything out, right. I feel like, a little sure. bit. And that's where I think some of, some of our... Some of our practice, yeah. some of our practice service gets a little bit, yep, get a little bit wind, a little bit windy. Yeah, got it. Or extended. Sure. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I'm not too concerned so much about the. The awkwardness so much, um, but I came from a church that did. I even told people I was like, Hope Community does awkward well. <laughs> I even told the pastor that mm. too, so I could say that on record. But I was like, <laughs> We do awkward well and so there were like these times where you'd have these transitions and like boy there's like a minute and a half of just silence going on here because the transition is just Mm. terrible so it's not yeah yeah exactly like is somebody supposed to come up now oh yeah that's right it was you that was supposed to come up um and so anyway to me i i feel like actually for for just trying to figure it out I don't want to give us be too congratulatory, but I think yeah. we're actually doing a pretty good job of of keeping things going. I do agree with Luke. I think that there are times where we could probably be a little bit more concise to the benefit of the of the kids and just evening timeline. Mm-hmm. But from uh, from the standpoint of the organization, the content, the intentionality of moving from one point to another in the service where you're actually drawn with a with a direction and a mission. I think yeah. that that's all great. Um, on the um, 
I don't know how because um, I didn't have an opportunity to go to uh, go to Trinity when you guys yeah, were up, right? Um, and I don't know how they how they do it if they do a song in between each or uh, between each of those transitions. But I don't know if that's I don't know if that's necessary. I don't think we need to follow the traditional evangelical format two songs on the front end three on the back end yeah. you know i don't think that that has to be the case but i do think that the we'll cover up every transition with music <laughs> yeah yeah and, and okay fade in that heavy patch make it ethereal make sure it's got a ninth on it so that way everybody feels heaven right, right? so i mean i don't think we need that but i do think that i do think that we I think that we could organize it in a way where the songs are a little bit more loaded so that way the transitions that are happening in between are, um, yeah, they are. They don't. I don't think they necessarily have to be broken up with so songs in between each each one. Um, I, I think it's helpful right now because we are learning some. We are starting to learn some new content. So like, just yeah, hearing yeah new songs. Um, but um, right, yeah, yeah. That's my. Those are my two. That's my two cents. Okay. Speaking yeah. of, speaking of Trinity, I would highly recommend last Sunday's sermon. Okay, I will go listen. Oh, really? Oh, so, so good. good. I, 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 thought That's last, awesome. I thought last Sunday's sermon, um, I thought there was so much content. Yeah, I thought you had five points or four points. Oh, you're talking about our discussion time? Discussion time. Yeah. That should have probably been part one, part two. Mm. Just, you know, we're talking about cons being yeah. concise and all that. Just, I'm talking about being concise. Um, right. Yeah, but you know, maybe, uh, and not to cut you off, Ron. I don't know he hasn't asked you yet. Um, maybe somebody, somebody's designated like Luke on that Sunday evening to function as, as Dave up at his church. You know, right. To kind of the, the minister, the, the minister yep. for the whole thing that might uh, minimize a little bit yep. and it gives you a little break too. Absolutely, and and I'm and, and as long as people want want to do this and like they're. And, and they even just have like that little inkling that they want to do it, like that I can encourage them to. I, I would love to have, like when Spencer took over the discussion time, when Andrew's been doing the music, it's, it's all been, that's been really awesome. And so what we could do is you could have, you could have the, if you're looking at the order of worship, you could have the first half, everywhere where it says M for minister, you could have one person do that. And then, and this is how Dave would do it at his church. Um, you would you would have pretty much Dave doing all of that, the, or whoever the minister is that uh, ministering at that point, and then under consecration you would have someone else come up to read, someone else come up to pray th prayer Thanksgiving, someone else come up to pray prayer petition, and, and those are really the only three, I'll, I'll just call them audience participation, um, that we would have, and then and then the discussion time can really be anybody that doesn't have to be the quote unquote minister. And then the charge of the benediction would be the minister um, giving the charge of the benediction and then going out. So if somebody wanted to take that role, there would be a, that'd be a, that'd be a big thing that they'd want to prepare for. Um, and so it's Thursday night. We've got one coming up on Sunday. Does anybody want to call that one now? Because um, I'm, I'm totally good with it. I'm, there's, no, there's no sacred cows here. Uh, if, you guys, if somebody else wants to, to take that, that kind of role of that whole left, left column, um, which in this case it, it goes kind of into the right column and I can help if somebody else is going to do it if somebody else wants to do it this week I can help put this together uh, and I can help you put together the things to it but um, 
And if, if nobody feels comfortable doing it right now, that's fine. I can, I'll do it again. Or I, I mean, I can, not again, because we've been having Thad do the confession. He actually asked if he could sit this next week out because of finals week being so crazy for him. So it'd be an easy, it'd be an easy transition into just one person doing basically the left-hand side right up to consecration, doing the call and the confession. Um, so you're saying one person left-hand side, one person, or you're thinking, it, you're thinking about splitting it up maybe. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking if we were running it more the way Dave would be doing it, uh, it it's, you know, I'd have to listen in again to make sure this is how he does it, but he pretty much does the, the, the call, the meditation, the call to worship, the time of confession. Um, he's going to be leading the um, confession of faith. Um, you know, whether it's a responsive reading or we're doing the Nicene Creed or something like that. Um, and then under the consecration, then you'd have scripture reading, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of petition, and that would be the different men of the congregation. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how they do it every Sunday. So, mm -hmm. um, and then you wouldn't have the transition back and forth then. It would just be, but, the, but whoever the minister was for that week or whoever was, you know, acting as minister would have a much bigger... Role to, role to have to, to, to do. And then they'd also do the commission. And if we were actually church, then they would be doing the communion, the time of communion as well, mm -hmm. which it's not on here, but there's generally an exhortation before every Lord's Supper, which is, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ex experienced that very often, but people need exhortation before they take part of the Lord's Supper. Like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? And you need to, yeah. you know, the minister needs to guide me. It's and all very, me. I mean, it sounds familiar when he's going through it. Right. It's very much back to just upper room, okay? Yeah. You know, right. from the night before, he died, you know, yeah. Jesus took bread and did this. But it feels so comfortable. Like, yeah. It just familiarizes you, yeah. as you as you step into it. I think. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. That was a question on the NDF, too. Yes. Asking on a little homiletic. Mm -hmm. homiletic. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. He does do yeah, I'm not ready to jump in this week. Okay, that's fine. Um, why are you guys thinking about that? Ron, did you have any, any thoughts on the liturgy? I think we're doing fine. Okay. I think we're new at it still. Right. And there'll be rough spots because somebody forgets something or sure. what have you. In another month, those will disappear, right. largely. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have any big problems. Uh, I overall, I like the format we're using. Yeah. Um, I'll be glad when I learn some of the songs we're singing. <laughs> try not to try not to let anybody be too comfortable. That that, that <laughs> new one. What's the what's the newest Psalm one? Psalm one twenty four. Yeah. So I've heard the acapella ones, and for some reason, like. Maybe it's my barbershop background that it makes sense that it's completely unmetered. Yeah, almost. Right. And then we start like playing an instrument to it and the meter, and I'm like, the the emphasis is on the wrong word sometimes right. because yeah. it has to yeah. like you're gonna hold that word really yeah. like that word doesn't is it worth holding? Right. I, I guess it is because it makes sort of uh, anyway. Yeah, it's a little bit awkward. It's a it's an awkward song. It's good. I mean the con the content of it is obviously. Well, awesome. and last Sunday was the first Sunday I didn't get to hear Charles sing "Bless the Man." <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> didn't do yeah. Well, and and I'll tell you what one of the things about songs like Psalm 124, and then yeah, I haven't heard your your thoughts on that. On the order of service, but I'll try not to be negative. <laughs> but one of the one of the things about songs like that that aren't um, very um, like 
you, you, sometimes they'll uh, you talk about top forty hits as being like um, like sugar, like mm -hmm. very easy to absorb, you know, very easy to taste, it tastes good, and then you kind of get sick of it after a while. So one thing about these kinds of songs, like Psalm one twenty four, that are difficult songs to learn, is that a lot of times with that overcoming the understanding and, and working through a harder song to learn, you you start to like long for that as opposed to just the three chord the three chord basic things that are are, are very common and, and very digestible and there's nothing wrong with them. But sometimes it can it can be good to push us into into areas of kind of greater musicality. Um, not because this musicality is always better than this musicality, but because we never get to experience this one because we don't want to venture out of this one here because this is more comfortable. Um, but Dad, I want to hear what you thought about order of service or thoughts that we can do to uh, improve. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of learning about a lot of this stuff, uh, too, just in the last, you know, and then I get an opportunity to talk a lot with you about stuff so that kind of jumpstart, you know, a little more better. It, the only churches I've been in is that, you know, Yoast over in mm -hmm. a couple of times with you, and then Trinity, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yep. Patrick, and then just doing what we're doing here. I guess Luke up there at Luke's place had come to seem real normal or uh, not different. But what's been kind of disappointing to me with this is that the, you know, all this covenantal stuff, mm. and yet you have this great body of children there, and they, I've never seen any church where they ever have anything to do. I mean, it doesn't have to be like Jack or something, but it seems like you, you don't ever tap into them. And, and I mean, uh, you know, you got some guy, some there that are Elias's age, and maybe they don't want to do anything or something, but it just seems funny that, you know, when do they get to participate? When do they become, you don't want them to go to Sunday school, it's, you want them to sit there all the time. So what should they, I mean, like, in, if, if, if they were doing it, what would they be doing? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I guess I'd inquire with you. What do you yeah. think? I mean, a special song? Uh, I don't know. They're probably aren't going to do the confessional prayer and have Lisa up there understand. <laughs> right. But, but it's just funny that you want them to be part of all of this. Yeah. Part of the family, and yet it doesn't seem like I've ever seen where it opens up and that it's different than going to any other church, but then they send them off to Sunday school. Right. I think at, at our old church, we did, um, once we had a little bit more uh, openness and leadership and worship and stuff, whatever, any, any of the kids that knew an instrument, we would encourage them to be a part of worship in some way. Yeah. And in general, that's, that's kind of what I think that would make the most sense, I think, to incorporating them would be to have them play yeah. an instrument, you know, uh -huh. play a guitar, play a piano, play a violin or whatever, you know, if they know something, then okay let's dedicate a special song to the service that they can participate in. Right. I think that would sure. be a real easy, good way to, to incorporate something like that. And I think that would be great, you know, for maybe not an every Sunday thing, but for an every once in a while thing. Well, so, and, and you, but, you, but what you just said could also apply to the women. I mean, I mean because, because the, the women are a part of, of all of this, but we're yeah. not having them involved from the standpoint of like, Coming up and leading a song or offering a prayer or those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, no, I see that and I understand. I, I don't know exactly how that ever works uh, with, the, but I certainly think that somebody like uh, you know Elias or Connor, they're they're getting to be young men, mm -hmm. 
and I'm not asking you to force them to do anything, but it's certainly, I'd certainly just like to see those guys. I'd certainly like to see as young as you feel you could to give them a little bit of friendly pressure to be part of things too, so they're on their toes. So Charles is there going, oh, man, I get this little part this time I get to do. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, that, that's yeah. all. And I don't know. I'm not trying to step out of biblical form or right. covenantal form, sure. reform stuff. But uh, no, I, I I think that's great. I think that's great feedback because we do want to be a family centered. We want to be family centered work. Well, we want to be Christ centered worship, but but we want our families to all be a part of this. We don't want we don't want a fragmented worship where you know. Everybody worships like kindergartners in their own way, you know. Sure, and I don't have the answers for it. I'm just suggesting yeah. that it's kind of uh, I, I, I've noticed it. It's kind of like, oh man, these kids all stay here. That's great, and and then they don't do anything. Hmm. And, well, so, because so. they're not actively doing anything, they are. I mean, the, the good the part of that I think is is that they're still part of the they're still mm -hmm. part of the worship because they're there. They're actively participating because they're there listening mm -hmm. and partaking. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. And but, you know, when uh, you get Charles or Connor or Elias up there, let's say you read the scripture on the right yeah. side there, you know, it, it, it's not a bad thing to have some pucker factor when you go up there because this is serious. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's worshipful, but I mean, we're, you know, we're being sanctified right. while we go through this. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to come out, quote, quote, the other side to go out and just yeah. be who we're supposed to be out in this world that the Lord decided to leave us in. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah. This, this brings up, I think, the question about women is, is too, a little bit, as far as, you know, where are where are the, are there any allowances at all for women to be involved in any of this? Um, yeah, you're talking about this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and Thad brought that up, too, so that might be. That's something that I feel like Thad mentioned, you know, as yeah. far as, it's kind of like this, well, we haven't talked about it, there's no mention of it, it's kind of right. like this unspoken thing. So sure. are we going to talk about that? Are we going to address, you know, where, where that is? I feel like yeah. that's something that we need to still have a discussion on. Obviously, we don't have time for that tonight. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's another great, that's probably a good. I, I think that that's a really great observation, Frank. And I think that um, with kids that are young, it's, I, I, I do I do think it's, it's challenging, right? I mean, that's part of the, I appreciate you noticing that, hey, you know, okay, if we're saying that we want them all to be in this, but we're not really doing anything differently to get involved, to, to have involvement. You know, obviously they're under instruction, but the argument for kids' church is always, well, we're going to bring the gospel and that instruction to their intellectual ability and their level right now. And we're saying, well, we're going to forgo that so that way they can be under adult instruction. But then you have, you know, I, I feel I feel bad for I feel bad for Sarah. I mean, frankly, because she's I mean, she's super, super generous, but she's chasing around our little because. Yeah, our little, our little, and our other little are turbocharged, <laughs> right? And so, I mean, and and I, you know, maybe, and I, I, it always shocks me what Molly picks up on. So it would not surprise me if we're in there and Molly is like, Molly will say something and be like, "Oh, you were listening. Well, why were you sprinting away from me at 100 miles an hour? Like, come on." <laughs> but, but with that, with that in mind, it's like, 
okay, yeah, I, and I also don't know what the right answer, but I could tell you fairly safely that um, uh, continual sacrifice where my wife can't be under instruction because we're constantly in a state of child management. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, I might just have mm. to involve involve you, Frank. <laughs> we need to get yeah. the we need church help, so we'll have our kids sit next to you. Yeah, it it's it's a great dis, I mean, it's a great th- thing to um, to talk about because we do want kids to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And one of I mean, the, the one thing we can't miss is the fact that um, I feel like so many Christian parents, non Christian parents, organizations. They insult children so much by having such low expectations of them. Oh, they can't sit through a service. We got to give them the veggie tales while the kids, while the parents listen to the sermon. No, I, I, they can sit through a sermon. They can, they can glean stuff from it. They can take a page and almost a half of notes. This is, this is the kind of thing that you know. If you have the expectation that they can do this, then that's having them do something. It's like, hey. Hey, you know, my little seven-year-old, you're a part of this church just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And so you have to listen. You have to make sure you're trying to glean what you can. And that's, that's just that's what mama's going to do. That's what daddy's going to do. And, and that kind of thing yeah. is holding them in a, in a very, it's in very high regard, really. And yeah. kids discern that you're honoring them. Yeah. You, you have a reasonable expectation. Yeah. I, I went to a church back in Georgia. Uh, Lee and I were just visiting a family in the church, and the family in front of me had, you know, probably 12, 15, 16-year-old, you know, three kids. And I thought you said 12, 15, 16 kids. (laughs) (laughs) I feel better for Luke and Joe here. But, like, you know, church starts, and all three of them are on tablets. Like, I'm like, that is... (laughs) Bible app, maybe? <laughs> yeah, Angry Birds, Bible yeah, Angry Birds. Minecraft. Same. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, man. Yeah. That, like, I'm sure that that didn't start right now. That yeah. probably was a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's really good, you guys. So, um, just to kind of recap here, we talked a little bit about Pater, Pastoral Candidate. We talked about finances, and we kind of I think we came to the agreement that in terms of like opening up a bank account and whatnot, we're gonna need some governing documents, which we don't quite have yet. And so we need to, we're good with just continuing to kind of table the, the bank account for right now. I mean, does that kind of seem like? Well, it wouldn't be, I don't think we could open up a, a church bank account. It would have to just be a bank account and three people, two or three people. do that. Say. Okay, oh, it's Somebody just a joint. going in and doing it. just be a joint account. Yeah, somebody wanna do that? I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm happy to do it, but I'm also I'm also happy to have somebody else do it too. We still have to go through selecting signature people. Yeah. Yes. If we went to Security Stage, which is where Harrison Square goes, there are several forms that have to be filled out. One for every signer on the account. Okay. It gives personal information, background <coughs> information on them. Uh, I presume it's similar for all banks. It can't be that much different. Right. No, I think it's pretty um, similar because yeah. I've dealt with that with uh, trying to get multiple signers on like a company account, right? Or, uh, trust or LLC, mm-hmm. so right? I'm guessing even if it's a joint account, they're still going to want all yeah. that information for whoever the signer is. So do we? I guess the question is, do we want to do that or do we want to wait until we 
do you, have, do you have any step. comments on that, Ron? Because I, I feel comfortable doing that now. But if you, but I, I kind of felt like I was, I kind of felt like I was hearing you say that you felt like we needed to be more organized before we go that go down that path. If it's acceptable to you guys, I'll go over to Security State. Probably not tomorrow because I don't go to work tomorrow. But Monday, sure, and talk to the manager. Okay. And uh, because it, there are questions that need to be answered uh, for how we would go through this process. Uh, and I'll tell her that we are starting a church and that we will eventually be a real church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just kind of hit around. We got a hundred thousand. We'd like to drop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Frank's tire. Yeah, that's Frank. <laughs> Okay, good. All, all in the favor of Frank yeah. being whatever he wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> Grandmaster. Yeah. Yeah, right. We'll get him a big pointy hand. <laughs> okay, thank you, Ron, for that. I'll, that'll be so. Then maybe next Thursday we'll yeah. kind of hear hear a little update from you yeah. on that. So great, thank you for that. Uh, we talked a little bit about bylaws, and basically we can kind of still continue on with what we're doing, but just know that Trinity Church is still going to be overseeing these these eventual bylaws so we have to keep that in mind uh, and then we talked about the liturgy and i think what we'll probably do um and if you don't if you want to just think about it and call me later uh that's for text me later i know luke you said you weren't quite ready for it this week uh, but we were thinking about taking the order of service taking the call to worship and confession all the way up to the consecration stage and having that be one kind of role of minister doing all of that and then after that under consecration we have three guys, one to do the scripture reading, one to do a prayer of thanksgiving, and one to do a prayer petition. Um, and then the minister would then close it out. That's what's kind of what I got. Does that sound about right? Yeah, cool. Plus the teams for... Teams, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, like uh, it wouldn't be... Everybody would be a part of everything all the time. It would be... Exactly. Have, right. Yeah. I don't know if we need to designate... If, if team, you, team one or two. If we only have three extra guys besides the minister, I don't think it'd matter who, it, yeah. Yeah. who it was. But if you do the minister doing yes. the page and a yeah, exactly. you don't need a team. I think you're exactly right because then it's whoever wants to do, whoever's like kind of doing the minister role would then, you know, secure the three. Maybe secure the other three. Yeah. No. I like it. Okay. Cool. Jack, do you want to close this in prayer? We need some involvement from you, buddy. All right, nice and loud so everybody can hear. Thank you that we can get together and talk about planting a church. Amen. 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 Thanks, Jack. Boy.